Breathing in air, the fake ain't phony, they're just seeing impaired Cause you believe what you see or believe what ain't there The real world is twisted and to me it ain't fair Cause greedy people seem Welcome to the voices in my head The intro and outro music is West and Coast by the High Council You can check them out on SoundCloud Welcome back, back with another episode And I came across an interesting article It is on Statista.com It is dated July 25th, 2022 the headline is why people are quitting their jobs. It starts off with employees in the United States quitting their jobs voluntarily at a rate 25% higher from December 2019 through May 2022 compared to pre-pandemic levels. Employers and some entire industries are scrambling to fill the substantial gaps being left behind. Research in Australia, Canada, India, Singapore, and the United Kingdom and the United States by McKinsey and Company reveals that of employees that chose to quit their jobs from April 2020 through April 2022, 65% did not so far return to the same industry. So 65% left the industry they were working in, did not come back. So if there were servers at a restaurant, they did not go back into the restaurant business. They went somewhere else. If they're working at a department store, Walmart, Target, one of the other big chain stores, they did not go back to retail. There was a infographic here that I wanted to go through because first of all, I think it's great that the workers are finally starting to get more power. The, the balance of power for years has been on the side of the employer, the companies, and now it's shifting to the employees. I think this is a good move. I think employees need employers need to wake up that they have to treat their employees better. So for the most common reasons, the number one, lack of career development and advancement, 41%. And how many times have we seen this on job? You're working your butt off at a job. You start off at entry level and they do not move you up. And then you watch them hire someone from outside the company to move up in the company, either in a management or supervisory role. A lot of companies do not hire from within. They do not train within. They don't train their good workers on how to be management and move them up. The second one, inadequate compensation, 36%. Surprise that's not higher. This one's really not shocking. Companies will pay their employees as little as possible to get that job done. They don't care about how much work the employee does. They don't care whether the employee is good. All they, they base their salaries on a warm body. How much does it cost me to get a warm body in here to fill this role? Not to do the job, but just to fill the role. In, in my history of working some 40 some years, I've seen companies over and over again, they base salaries on what the average compensation is for that job. And when I worked in management, I would go to them and say, I have an employee that literally does the work of two and two workers. I want to pay them outside the range. HR tells me over and over again, they will not do it. They, they give me base salaries that I have to stick within that guidelines. This top notch, excellent worker, then go somewhere else. I do not get them. I have to hire two average, below average people to fit within that guidelines. Then I end up having to go back and get a third position because I'm still not getting the work done. Then at the same time, you see the C-suite, the executive salaries, their compensations going through the roof. I see at my company that 
our senior VPs, literally their bonuses every year are high six to low seven figures, just their bonus. When I was manager, I could not pay an extra $20,000 outside of a low six-figure range. You know, if, if the range was only 110 and I wanted to get 125, I could not do that. Yet the senior VPs are getting high six figures, eight, nine hundred thousand bonuses, just a bonus, forget their salary. Inadequate compensation with inflation going through the roof, the cost of gas going through the roof. At a certain point, it's like, it's not worth me going to work if I'm starting off at an entry level job at a retail at Walmart or Kmart. They're going to pay me $10, $11 an hour, and half that money has to go to gas to get to work. I'm not working for $5 an hour. I might as well stay at home or just drive Uber. Number three, uncaring, uninspiring leaders. I think it's more on the uncaring side. I think we've all seen that the leadership in most companies are more loyal to their promotion, them getting promoted to the next level, them getting their bonus and not about their employees. They see their employees as a cog in the machine, just another brick in the wall, easily replaceable. They're a widget. I can fire this one and hire someone next week to fill that gap. And this has been going on for so many years, I think people are just getting tired of it. They're, they're now in charge. The workers now have more power. And the, the leadership hasn't figured that out. The leadership still thinks they can treat their employees like crap and if they fire somebody, there's 10, 20, 50 other people out on the streets that wants to take their job. Now they're finding that's not the case anymore. The fourth one, lack of meaningful work. This is a big one. They, I mean, you think about most companies, especially in, in the retail or the service industry, restaurants, McDonald's, or just any even a fancy restaurant, they staff for the peak levels, you know, dinner rush, lunch rush. However, they, they just can't have someone come in for an hour or two. So when they bring them in for four, five, six hours, there's a lot of downtime. Then they just have them, they, they find busy work rather than something meaningful or giving them a task that allows them to advance in the company. So during the slow time, they can practice being a supervisor if they want to be a supervisor. That during rush, you know, if I'm working at McDonald's during lunch hour, I'm running the register or I'm running the drive through. But at, you know, two o'clock when it's a lot less slower, I go into a team lead role. I become a team lead. I start managing the other people there. That's what meaningful work is, but it's not. It's filling the the uh, napkin tray, it's putting out the condiments, it's making sure all these other things are done. And I just don't see that fitting my career path. I want to move into management. I want to move into supervisory role. I already know how to fill the napkins. Unsustainable work expectations. The third one, 29% of the people said un unsustainable work expectations, that they are giving quotas or expected to do work beyond what's reasonably expectable expected that if they're working stocking shelves, they're expected to do it faster than what they are because the company's trying to keep payroll down. So if if I can get the work done twice as fast as what everybody else, then they're getting twice the amount of work, but paying me the same salary. The problem is this goes back to the in inadequate compensation. They want to hire warm bodies, just the average or below average worker, but then they want that average or below average worker to work as a top performer. It doesn't work that way. You get what you pay for. Unreliable, unsupportive colleagues. I, I've worked at companies where the general tone within the company and in a lot of our employee surveys, the message given back to management was, 
each department acted like a separate company. That they had their roles to follow. They, if their roles weren't fired, they didn't care if, if your, your job got done or not. Even though your job was instrumental in the company. Nope. We got to follow our roles. You got to fill out the right form. We got all our red tape. You have to follow that. Unreliable, unsupportive colleagues. Once again, if you're hiring warm bodies, this is what you get. If you hire top notch, outstanding, top performer workers, then they're going to be reliable. They're going to be supportive of one another. Lack of workplace flexibility. This could either be work from home environments if you're working in an office or if you are in the office that you are being crammed into cubes. I, I've been working office jobs basically my whole career and I've watched over the past 40 years cubicles getting smaller and smaller and smaller to where eventually pre-COVID they went to what was called an open work environment where basically you just had a table. That's it. You had no walls. You had no privacy. They they would have conference rooms. They gave everybody a laptop. The, the theory behind that was it allowed for people to cluster together to work on projects or to if they needed to work in a team. That was great for those people that, number one, enjoyed working in teams and their current project or their current work assignment required working in teams. A lot of what I did was by myself. I did the job by myself. I did not need to be in meetings. I did not need to be in teams. And I just wanted to have some privacy. I wanted walls up. We didn't have that. I sat, we had to sit at a table. Many times I would just go find an empty conference room, go in there, close the door and just made it my office for two or three hours. We hated that. The funny part about this is the open environment that came about before COVID the workers did not want this. It was senior management that wanted it because they were saving a lot of money. Post-COVID, when they were bringing people back in, they had to go back to the cubicles and back to the separate environments because of the, the health issue that people did not want to come in if they had to have all this open environment. They wanted walls. They wanted some type of divider. So now they had to actually spend the money to go back to pre-COVID days. I found super hilarious. Had they just listened to people that the workers, they would not have had to go that. And that goes back to the uncaring and inspiring leaders. The workers did not want this open environment, open work environment. The uncaring leaders didn't give a crap. They said, this is what you're going to do. And the last one, lack of support for a health well-being, and that was a 26%. I remember probably about, about 10 years ago, I was at a company and they really got hyped up on everybody being healthy. Everybody needed to lose weight. They were incentivizing. They were low. They were helping to, they were pay more of people's health insurance if they went to uh, Weight Watchers or did some other health plan or if they got weighed at the beginning of the year and got put onto some dietary plan or exercise program and followed it, they would see the company pay more of their health insurance costs. The people pointed out to senior management that one of the number one drivers between obesity in America is stress. And where do we get our stress from? Our jobs. Now, they, we do get it from our families and other things going on in our lives, but the major contributor of stress that leads to weight is lack of support for a healthy well-being. You're being stressed out at work. Many of us are stress eaters. I am a stress eater. When you're stressed at work, it's easy to go to that vending machine and get that candy bar or those chips 
or that soft drink just to calm you down, just to give you some pleasure as you're eating that Hershey's bars or that Reese's cup or the M&Ms or drink that Mountain Dew or the Coke or the Pepsi. You're, you're giving yourself a momentary release of that stress. At the same time, uh, with the weight, they were also pushing for people to quit smoking. What was the number one factor for smoking stress at work? I've never been a smoker, but I did talk with the smokers at work when this company was pushing for that. They were talking about how when they would go outside to smoke a cigarette, their body reacted and they would actually calm down as they were smoking. Now, I assume that's correct because I, I never smoked. The, the smoking actually relaxed them. So they're compensating with smoking with the stress. And I've seen a lot of people do that. They quit smoking. They get in a real stressful situation, either divorce, death. They lost their job and they immediately go back to smoking just to have that calm and that relaxation. So the company says they want us to be healthy, but then they do, they do nothing about the number one cause of obesity and the smoking or even drinking, if you want to throw that in there, is the stress from the job. Overall, I'm happy that people are standing up to companies. Finally, they're telling companies I'm not working. And if you're not going to provide me a good job, I'm going to go down the street and find someone else that may pay me the same amount or even a little bit more. And they will treat me better. The companies that get this are the ones that are going to survive. The ones that still think we're in pre-COVID days, they're, they're not going to survive. They're going to go, they're going to shut down or they're going to lose their market share in the business. Very fascinating. Very happy workers are finally getting their power back. Thanks for listening. I could run the whole block just from walking the line. Pocket is prime. These are the thoughts of my mind. And I'm a straight rider, never stopping the sign. And I'm only slowing down if I'm stopping the sign. Six figures on the check before I'm jotting the line. It goes one for the money, two for the clothes, three for the honeys, and a four for the flows. Five O's and six.